Well, uh, good evening and welcome to another edition of Gray Matters, the weekly news and media talk show. My name is Dick Whaley and uh, my partner Jim Dwyer will uh, be back with us next week. He has some family matters to attend to. And I'm sure next week we can talk a little bit about the Iran controversy. Things seem to be coming to a head in that department. There's a U.N. Security Council meeting later in the week regarding the situation involving Iran, the newly emboldened Iran. Uh, So we'll talk about that next week. A late-breaking story. Obviously, let's give out a brain damage award to John Mark Carr or Mark John Carr, whatever the heck his name is. Obviously, he's a... A pedophile of sorts, but apparently he is uh, not guilty in the John Benet Ramsey case. So the media gets a brain damage award for wasting, uh, I don't know, the good part of two weeks speculating about this moron, this prevert, <laughs> to uh, quote uh, Stanley Kubrick from Dr. Strangelove. Um Obviously, he's got more legal problems elsewhere, and uh, hopefully his uh, 15 days of fame is a thing of the past. Um, Apparently, the Boulder County DA is uh, not preferring charges because there's no DNA match. So uh, if the glove doesn't fit, you must acquit, yeah. Unfortunately, in that case, the DNA did match, but uh, we won't get into the OJ case. This is just one more example of the distorted um, perversions of the American media and their priorities. Um, It didn't surprise me, to be honest with you. So uh, for Mr. Carr, hopefully you'll feel real comfy in prison with your, your high pants. Uh, also, let's give out a quick brain damage award to Katherine Harris. Uh, she apparently, in a campaign uh, appearance uh, within the last day or two, she's excusing this on the grounds that she was before a conservative uh, constituency, apparently has claimed that the separation between church and state is, quote, a lie. Um, I'm not too sure what she's talking about. Um, It is the commingling of church and state that uh, basically violates American uh, historical principles regarding constitutional law. And, of course, as much as the Bush administration would like to turn America into an Iranian-style theocracy, um, apparently that's not going to work, either for Katherine Harris or for Mr. Bush. Uh, Catherine Harris, of course, is a senatorial candidate in the state of Florida this year. Much like the character in uh, Connecticut, uh, Mr. Schlesinger, I want to say his first name is Mark, but don't quote me on it. He's the Republican uh, candidate in Connecticut that the apparently the RNC has no interest in backing. Uh, they are overtly and covertly apparently supporting Joe Lieberman in the Connecticut case. Well, Catherine Harris is running in a primary uh, in Florida as a senatorial candidate. And uh, her political future is apparently uh, bleak. 
Um, I don't know who the other candidate is, but they're running against a fairly popular incumbent. Uh, that's one state that the Democrats will undoubtedly hang on to. So she gets a brain damage award for uh, failing to understand what uh, the history of the American Constitution is really all about. Uh, many of our find founding fathers, by the way, were certainly uh, believers in God, um, but they um, brought into the Constitution, as well as the Declaration of Independence, important concepts regarding the separation of church and state, a phrase that I believe was originally um, coined by Thomas Jefferson uh, in his own private uh, notes uh, regarding uh, where we should be at. And if you look at the some of the detailed clauses of the U.S. Constitution, they uh, note that there is no uh, religious uh, requirement uh, to hold office. Many, of course, were deists. Some were skeptics. Thomas Jefferson, later in life himself, uh, once remarked that uh, he would be surprised if within 200 years all Americans weren't Unitarians. <laughs> I was raised as a Unitarian, so I've always been amused by that comment. Unitarians, of course, were free thinkers uh, from the get-go, and of course they are an interesting uh, Protestant sect here in the United States. Garrison Keillor, frequently on uh, his show uh, Prairie Prairie Home Companion, has a lot of jokes about Unitarians uh, that are somewhat amusing. Um, they tend to be uh, politically active, very liberal. And definitely believers in the separation of church and state. Uh, some of our original abolitionists were Unitarian ministers. And uh, they do tend to predominate in college towns. Of course, the Ann Arbor Unitarian Church now finds itself out on Ann Arbor Saline Road because it uh, outgrew its uh, premises over there on Washtenaw. So, Catherine Harris, see you later. Um, as for the uh, theme of the, the week, I'm sure that there will be uh, much too uh, much attention focused on the um, anniversary of Katrina. Um, in some ways, it's appropriate that we obviously remember the fiasco that uh, government um, sort of illuminated during that uh, unfortunate event. Uh, there's no question that state, local, and federal government failed in many ways. And uh, George Bush, of course, is trying to uh, go down to the Gulf Coast. Apparently he's going to be in New Orleans uh, either later today or tomorrow to sort of put the political spin on uh, his incompetence. And uh, FEMA, of course, in, in many ways, is actually the anniversary of the derailment of Bush's presidency. Public opinion polls show that uh, Bush has lost roughly 10% in the approval rating department uh, as president. And Katrina was sort of the start of the low water mark. Uh, I, I jokingly use that word because of the high water mark involved with those floodwaters. I think there are certainly more questions to be answered. But FEMA is, uh, continues to be a federal agency that's deluged with uh, cronyism 
And quite frankly, uh, simply uh, people that are in jobs that they're not qualified for. Uh, I think I read somewhere that 84% of the appropriate uh, qualified uh, people are still not in place in FEMA. And, of course, FEMA is now sort of uh, buried in the uh, Department of Homeland Security, a department that has increasingly uh, been utilized by uh, George Bush to promote the war on terrorism rather than focus on real concerns uh, that FEMA should be involved in. It's interesting that just this past week, there was a new um, poll out regarding um, Mr. Bush, the so-called New York Times CBS uh, poll, and it's interesting how terrorism went way up as a concern in the uh, minds of American voters. The Bush administration, of course, exploited the uh, recent London plot uh, for such an end. Terrorism earlier in the summer was actually down into single digits. It's a major concern of political leaders. And in this particular poll, it's sort of uh, even Stephen with Iraq, uh, plus or minus the issue. Uh, interestingly, Bush's approval ratings on terrorism are... Uh, 55%, not all that uh, stellar, but it's one of the only issues where the president seems to get uh, majority marks. And, of course, his uh, approval ratings are somewhere between 34 and 40%, depending on the poll. What interested me from this poll, by the way, was the economy issue. It says that 35% approved of how Mr. Bush was handling the economy, up five percentage points from a CBS New York Times news poll conducted last week. 58% disapproved. Overall, 52% of those surveyed said the national economy was in good condition. 47% said it was in bad condition. So despite some blips here and there, the Bush administration is still unable to um, cachet um, superficially good news on the economy into any sort of political benefit. And, of course, when you look at the other issues uh, that are of major concerns to voters, terrorism is at 24% on the, quote, most important issue for political leaders to concentrate on right now. The war in Iraq is 22%. 20% say it's the economy. The cost of health care... 18%, gas prices, 9%. And oddly, the conflict between Israel and Hezbollah uh, was at 6%. This poll, of course, was conducted um, during the week before the ceasefire actually was agreed to. So I would imagine that the uh, mix of issues there will change quite a bit within the uh, next, say, month. And you'll see terrorism wane. Uh, due to the fact that the uh, hoopla about the London bombing uh, will fade a little bit, and uh, certainly, possibly even the conflict between Israel and Hezbollah will fade. But I suspect that those key domestic issues, the economy, cost of health care, and gas prices, are not issues that Mr. Bush will um, highlight uh, in his effort to maintain GOP control of the Congress. And interestingly, for the first time um, since they've been taking this so-called poll, a 
uh, majority of Americans now find uh, the linkage between Iraq and the war on terrorism as a separate issue. This was 51% to versus 32%, a major part, versus 12%, a minor part. That 32%, the major part, is a, as well as the 24% that are uh, really concerned about terrorism, are probably all uh, hardcore George Bush supporters anyway. So those are not issues that are going to work this time for the president. As for Katrina, I find it interesting in Frank Rich's uh, Sunday column um, how the uh, Bush administration has attempted to spin this issue. Uh, Mr. Rich writes, how do you pretty up this picture uh, regarding the uh, 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 situation in New Orleans? Um, a, because his, his paragraph before that noted that a true squad of House Democrats has cataloged the waste, fraud, abuse, or mismanagement in $8.75 billion worth of contracts, most of which were bid, uh, uh, awarded non-competitively. Only 60% of the city has electricity. Half of the hospitals and three-quarters of the child care centers remain closed. Violent crime is on the rise. How do you pretty up this picture? And this, of course, is uh, return to the scene of the crime is the column. Um, and, of course, return to the scene of the crime may well be uh, something that would be an appropriate column the next time that Mr. Bush makes a surprise trip to uh, Baghdad, shall we say. Um, but R Mr. Rich notes as an opening act, Mr. Bush met this past Wednesday with uh, Rocky Vassarella, a Katrina survivor, who with much publicity drove a replica of a FEMA trailer uh, from New Orleans to Washington to seek an audience with the president. No Cindy Sheehan's bum rush for him, Mr. Gr uh, Bush granted his wish and paraded him before the press. That was enough to distract the visitor from his professed message to dramatize the unfinished job on the Gulf. Instead, Mr. Uh, Vassarella effusively thanked the president for the, quote, millions of FEMA trailers complete with air conditioning and television. Quote, you know, I wish you had another four years, man, he said. If we had this president for another four years, I think we'd be great, whatever that means. A CNN White House correspondent, Ed Henry, loved it. He said, Hollywood couldn't have scripted this any better. A gritty guy named Rocky slugging it out, trying to realize his dream and getting that dream realized against all odds. He didn't ask how this particular Rocky, a fast food manager, who lost everything a year ago, financed this mission or so effortlessly pulled it off. It was up to the bloggers and the Democrats to report shortly thereafter that Mr. Uh, Vassarella had run as a Republican candidate for the St. Bernard Parish Commission in 1999. It was up to Iris Hagany of Greta, Louisiana, to complain on the Times-Picayune website, that's the uh, New Orleans newspaper for those uninformed, that this episode was, quote, a huge embarrassment that would encourage Americans to forget the numerous people who still don't have trailers or at least one with uh, electricity or water. So um, the interesting 
conclusion of this uh, editorial column by Frank Rich is this uh, major <laughs> revelation. Doug Brinkley, the Tulane historian who's uh, written the best uh, seller account of Katrina called The Great Deluge, is worried now that the White House is escaping questioning on what it's up to, and not just in the Gulf. I don't think anybody's getting Bush's strategy, he said, as we talked last week. According to Brinkley, quote, the crucial point is that inaction is deliberate. The inaction is action. Uh, as he sees it, the administration, actually abetted by New Orleans Mayor Ray Nagin, is, quote, encouraging selective inertia, whether in the rebuilding of levees, quote, only Band-Aids have been put on them, and the rebuilding of the Lower Ninth Ward or the restoration of the wetlands. The destination? A smaller city, with a large portion of its former black population permanently dispersed. Out of the Katrina debacle, Mr. Bush is making political gains, Mr. Brinkley notes. The last blue state in the Old South is turning into a red state. So it's that inaction that creates action. If you can depopulate New Orleans substantially of its African-American population, uh, before Katrina it was roughly two-thirds, provide uh, little or no assistance to the vast majority of people, I should hasten to add, by the way, that the greedy insurance companies are complicit in this uh, whole fiasco, uh, because that's the only thing that we can characterize it as, uh, utilizing uh, escape clauses in which they claim that the damage was not related to a, a hurricane, per se, uh, claiming that uh, you know policy owners weren't covered from flooding, um, because this was a flooding problem, not a hurricane problem, is really quite disingenuous. And, um, well, we'll see what happens in Louisiana in upcoming elections, uh, because it is interesting that the vast majority of um, the New York Times actually had a very interesting map showing where the people of New Orleans now currently reside. Of course, most of them are scattered uh, in various red states down south. Um but when, say, Houston only gains uh, a population of 50,000 extra people, that isn't going to materially uh, affect um, the uh, voter outcome in a state like Texas. By the way, Atlanta is the uh, second biggest uh, city in terms of uh, hurricane evacuees uh, relocating. Um, so, yeah, if you can disperse the poor uh, into other cities... Uh, making it impossible or improbable that they'll ever return uh, to the city of New Orleans. A smaller, whiter New Orleans uh, will, of course, dilute the population significantly of the state of Louisiana. And oddly enough, as Mr. Brinkley points out, quote, the last blue state in the Old South is turning into a red state. And this, of course, is in reference to the fact that uh, Louisiana is still uh, considered in presidential elections a toss-up state. It does have a Democratic uh, governor. It's got one Democratic senator. Um, it hasn't gone completely red. It's uh, maybe a purple state, uh, more accurately uh, told. But uh, if that is the um, <laughs> strategy, and it wouldn't put... That wouldn't surprise me at all because uh, there's been a... A lot of uh, focus, uh, interestingly, on the 
permanent, uh, shall we say, disenfranchisement of uh, poor African-American voters in various states uh, that's really been part of a Republican strategy that really goes back 20 years. Uh, much of the war on drugs, much of the uh, imprisonment uh, situation in America, which disenfranchises uh, many voters permanently, uh, is occurring in, in many of these uh, southern states. And, uh, well, we know what the results are. Now, um, I wanted to, uh, let's see, where are we at here? Okay. Uh, I wanted to, um, well, why don't I read this uh, bizarre item? Um, I was going to read this last week. Uh, but occasionally the Ann Arbor police beat uh, provides an incident that is so uh, unbelievable that it is worthy of reading. Uh, this is dated the 7th of August. It says, an employee of a clothing store in downtown Ann Arbor reported that he was held at gunpoint Sunday evening as a couple stole merchandise and engaged in a sex act in the store. Ann Arbor Police reported the 22-year-old worker at the Underground in, uh, on uh, West Liberty told police that the same couple came into the store Friday evening and that the woman placed several items on hold. He said that the man appeared intoxicated at the uh, time. The employee said he called the woman Sunday to ask if she still wanted the items on hold. And uh, she said she would come uh, by later in the day. The employee said that the male half of the couple entered around 7 p.m. And the man rushed at him and pulled out a gun. He said that the woman then walked in and locked the door. The employee said he was ordered to give the money from the register and to hand over shopping bags, which uh, they proceeded to fill with merchandise from the store. The employee said that the gunman took his cell phone and smashed the store phone while threatening to shoot him if he called the police. At one point, the employee said the couple engaged in a sex act. The couple then fled in an older model green pickup. The incident remains under investigation. Well, this is uh, fascinating. I don't know if this can be made into a movie starring uh, John Mark Carr, whatever his name is. Um, maybe they were watching... Um, Something uh, strange like, uh, oh, I'm trying to remember the name of that Oliver Stone movie, um, Something Killers, uh, one of those movies that Bob Dole uh, attributed to the uh, the crime rate in America. Unbelievable, but uh, that happened in a good old tree town here, uh, supposedly, and of course it remains under investigation, but uh, one can just imagine the... Uh, uh, the psychology of uh, trying to hold up a fairly small clothing store and performing a sex act while filling up the shopping bags. Uh, rather remarkable. I figured I'd read that just because occasionally, as I say, the um, Ann Arbor News Police Beat provides an item that's just so utterly amusing that it uh, is worthy of uh, focus. Well, um, one of the things that I was talking a little bit about last week uh, was about this um, issue of declassification. And I wanted to highlight uh, the fact that this in, indeed is going on um, regarding the secrecy 
of the Bush administration and uh, what's been going uh, what's been going on under his presidency. Uh, because we have all sorts of secrecy that, that don't really allow the public to fully understand uh, what the Bush administration is really up to. One classic example is the uh, has been the ability of the Bush administration to sequester and repress um, any sort of uh, congressional reports on uh, the war in Iraq. Uh, for instance, there continues to be a controversy about whether or not the intelligence was misused, cherry-picked, uh, whatever a phrase you want to use, um, whereby the Bush administration utilized um, selective reading of intelligence, selective documents uh, regarding the so-called weapons of mass destruction and the justification that the Bush administration has engaged in. But it's interesting um, in this, uh, an example, and I just went into my clipping uh, pile to find a typical example of uh, a reclassification that's been occurring uh, at the uh, National Archives um, because Scott Shane on the 20th, let's see, the 21st of uh, February wrote, in the seven-year-old secret program at the National Archives, intelligence agencies have been removing from public access thousands of historical documents that were available for years including some that were already published by the State Department and others photocopied years ago by private historians. The restoration of classified status to more than 55,000 documents previously uh, declassified began in 1999 when the CIA and five other agencies objected to what they saw as the hasty release of sensitive information after a 1995 declassification order signed by President Clinton. It accelerated after Mr. Bush took office, and especially after the 2001 terrorist attacks, according to the archives records. Then goes into detail about a uh, specific um, article um, related to the uh, Korean War that previously had been published uh, and that now was <clears throat> the CIA was attempting to reclassify uh, this sort of government, uh, I don't know what to call it, skullduggery uh, might be a good word whenever we talk about the CIA. Um, just never ceases to amaze me. Um, because uh, if America, in fact, is supposed to be an open democracy in which um, information um, of previously available to the public is being now uh, secretly reclassified, I find that to be a pretty scary development. And, of course, it's been accelerating under the Bush administration. In the closing minutes, I wanted to just uh, focus a little bit about some of the new um, issues regarding the environment. Um, recently, uh, in the, at the beginning of the year, in a uh, study um, produced by Yale and Columbia University, they ranked the United States 28th overall globally behind most of Western Europe, Japan, Taiwan, Malaysia, Costa Rica, and Chile, 
but ahead of Russia and South Korea in environmental um, goals uh, in terms of, you know, attaining these. And some of these goals included such things as uh, uh, maintaining clean drinking water, lows, uh, ozone layer uh, levels, um, sustainable fisheries, and a commitment to lowering greenhouse gases. Um, the pilot study was called the Environmental Performance Index, Index and uh, the United States ranks 28th. Last year, for instance, Britain uh, ranked 65th in the Sustainability Index, but 5th in the latest uh, study amongst 133 nations. Um, among the reasons for the earlier low ranking, according to one of the authors at the Yale uh, Center for Environmental Law and Policy, was that they had cut down almost half of their trees 500 years ago and before, um, something that modern British governments could not control. Um, so some of these uh, rankings may be a little bit suspect, but I find it interesting that that is essentially where the United States ranks. Obviously, the poorest countries globally uh, rank uh, near the bottom, um, including uh, places like Bangladesh, Haiti, Yemen, Tajikistan, Laos, Cambodia, and Papua New Guinea. Chad and Niger ranked last in the world with scores of 0 and 1% respectively. So there is a sort of uh, direct correlation between... Um, wealth and the ability to attain sustainability on uh, as it relates to the environment. But other events this year have got to be troubling. Oh, and, uh, well, these troubling events are things that we can come back to next week. Um, my ever-reliable engineer, Chaz, is letting me know that we're out of time down here on Gray Matters. Do stay tuned. It's uh, 7 p.m., you are listening to uh, WCBN-FM Ann Arbor. The show's been Gray Matters, Yazoo City Calling, coming up next right here on this fine station. All right, it's time for Yazoo City Calling. Um, my name is Morgan, and I'll tell you what we're going to get into here today, and we'll get underway. We're going to start off with some Tommy Johnson, then some Willie Poorboy Lofton, uh, some King Solomon Hill, Gene Campbell, Blind Teddy Darby, Jim Jackson, Charlie Patton, Kid Cole. And that should be uh, close to about the halfway point there. And uh, I'll give you some more information at that point. But if you want to call in with any questions, you can call me at 